I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Hello, John Reno's, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 359. It's going out to Canada, of course, my home country, because we finally get another UFC event uh, on our home soil. First time since 2019. The good old days, the halcyon days before the COVID thing hit. So uh, this goes out to Canada and most more specifically uh, Vancouver. So there you go, which is nowhere even close to my house. Sorry to say. Uh, I would be Jeff Chalksfox, the Canadian half of this Can-Am connection. We're going to break down UFC 289 on this episode. Um, two two episodes, as per usual. Today will be the prelims. Tomorrow will be the main card and the fancy-dancy picks. And we better make this a quick one because people in our Discord are chomping at the bit for our episode. They're complaining <laughs> we haven't dropped an episode yet. When do we usually... I don't know when we ever drop... I guess occasionally we drop... An episode like Wednesday, early Wednesday, but usually it's Wednesday evening. So let's bring in the laughing half of the duo, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello, Daniel Gumby. So I have to ask you, because when you you decided to dedicate it to Canada, my my mind originally was about all of the smokiness. Is it smoky up where you are? Yeah. My wife has asthma, so it's been really rough the past Yeah, like Like where we are, we're getting some of your smokiness. Uh, you don't want none of this smoke, do you, Dan? I I don't want. There you go. There's your there's your title. Don't there's want my this title. Smoke. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want your smoke, though. To be to be fair. No. Yeah, it's yeah, it's rough. It's it seems to be improving today. Like the skies are bluer than previous days. Luckily, I haven't like I am blessed to not have breathing breathing issues, so I haven't noticed it. But yes, my wife definitely has. Well, that's that's Ma- too bad. I, that, that's, yeah, that's that's no fun at all. Um, but anyway, uh, it shouldn't affect the fighters because it's a ways away from oh. them. Yes. Yeah. Even though BC usually is on fire. I don't know if it is currently, but yeah, I guess the world is burning anyhow, Dan. So we better get used to it. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Another positive about this. Um, Joe Rogan can't travel to Canada. So there'll be no <laughs> Rogan on this, on this uh, telecast. So yeah. What did you but, think yeah. of, what did you think about the broadcast team they announced? Cause uh, I'm like, uh, is it Felder? It's Felder. Uh, which is good in, yeah yeah filling in with Anik and uh was it Bisping that I saw oh, okay it's not Cormier even better yeah which it's is not but Cormier, like, I'm down I, I'm always I, I feel like Bisping needs a certain somebody and, and maybe Felder winds up being that somebody because Bisping sometimes is like confrontational like with these with yes. Dominic Cruz or he's actually yeah. weirdly confrontational with Laura Senko too yeah um, it, I don't. It, yeah, it it is kind of. He acts like he's joking, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, like I I think it might be joking, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And then with with DC, it, it like kind of works with him in DC. 
Um, so like, I don't know, maybe Paul Felder's the perfect mix. Do you see, I just accidentally put a bunch of hearts across our screen uh, of our, of our uh, recording, Dan. So just uh, <laughs> I do love you. It wasn't an accident. I mean, I do love you. So, um, yeah, interesting card to make picks on, I guess. I'm trying to think if I had difficult. There are a lot of close lines, if nothing else. There like are, if, yeah, if, nice. you, if you wind up passionately liking a fighter on this card, odds are you're going to get a good line on him because there weren't any like super inflated lines anywhere. Um, yeah. So, so like if there are people you like, you're going to get a good line on it. You're not going to have to feel like you have to pay negative 550 for somebody. And like the biggest dog we're going to talk about today, tied for the biggest dog, Jong has been going hard on in, in the discord. So uh, we'll talk about her. There's, there's your hint. We'll talk about her uh, shortly, but yeah, uh, like you said, if, if you like a fighter, you can get a good line and, uh, Jong and the rest of our, our misfit toys are, are getting good lines in, in the Discord. That's com slash Discord if you don't know and you're not in yet. All right. Um, we're always looking for edges in the Discord. And speaking of edges, Dan, Edge Boost. This episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to 2500 bucks in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. That's exactly what you could do. Double down on a favorite bet you like, or even use it to create an awesome middle or even a hedge. Especially with the NFL season coming, you may want to get on down on some team futures. So this is the spot for you. Um, like Cowboys, what? Uh, two over wins and, season? Oh, oh, over and wins. Over nine and a half, I oh. believe it is. Okay, there you go. That, that That's what you should do. Uh, Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of another way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Legally. Um, I'm saying the legally part. I'm sure there's plenty of illegal ways, but legally. Edge Boost can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge, E-D-G-E, for those who have spelling issues. You must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling call 100 gambler. Do you think we have anyone under 21 listen to us, Dan? I don't know. Maybe like regularly listen to us, not accidentally, not their parents made them. I, I'm going to still say maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Do we have any women listen to us that aren't? Fa- I don't even know if family listens. To I think we, I think we've anymore. always said there's <laughs> 1.5 women who listen. Yes. 1.5 women. Yeah. Roughly. They just haven't shown, shown their faces yet. They, they're um, not in the discord. If you are in the discord, Reveal yourself. You're a guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in the Discord, you're a guy. All right. Let's get going with this card. UFC 289. Like I said, the uh the hardcores are dying for us to get some content out. So let's hurry up. We'll talk fast. UFC 289 noons versus Aldana, which is may, may not be uh thrilling at that title, but it's a lot better than the original title, UFC 289 noons versus Pena three. Yeah. Block. Agreed. Block, block, block. Nothing more to say. And mm-hmm. here, here's something you can say. Uh, Raquel Pennington is the backup apparently for this fight. Oh, that makes uh, sense though. She was supposed to fight Irene Aldana. Noons versus they, Pennington. They, they, <laughs> I, Noons versus Pennington too, right? That would be two. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if what if Noons doesn't make the fight? Aldana versus Pennington for the interim belt. Wouldn't that be amazing, Dan? Isn't that also? Wouldn't that also be a two? Did they Probably. already fight once? I think so. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. All right. As of now, hopefully it's going to stay intact. News for Zodana. June the 10th, Rogers Arena, Vancouver, British Columbia. Some place I've never been. Neither have you, right? Nope. No. You haven't been west of the something, right? 
Mississippi. Mississippi. Really. I mean, really? a little bit into Texas, but like, okay. uh, apart from that, not much. No. All right. These, all right. These fighters have obviously because they're in BC now. Let's start with women's strawweights. Oh, sorry. Early prelims. We're going to start with that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern ESPN Plus UFC Fight Pass. Uh, women's strawweights, Diana Balbicha versus Maria Oliveira. Balbicha is one of our Canadians. Uh, she's Romanian, but she moved to my hometown for the first six months of my life, Stony Creek, Ontario. And that's where she's been training for. Do you know how long she's been here or, or aren't you sure? Don't you? It's been a while. I, I yeah. don't know for sure, but like, I, I'm going to say it, it's been pretty much since she's been in the UFC. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Let me tell you about her first, Abel Bicha, the warrior princess, 14 to seven, six knockouts, four submissions. She's been submitted four times, one and three in the UFC, lost her last belt, uh, belt. She didn't have a belt, about lost her last bout. And that was back in February of 2022. She used to fight up uh, two weight classes at Bantamweight and up one weight class at Flyweight. She's a Kempo kickboxing and karate champion. So her mantle is full as well. Uh, she's got a inch of height over Oliveira. Striking and active striking stats are better than Oliveira's. And her grappling stats are as well are better than Oliveira's based on their octagon uh, stats. She, Balbicha, has outstruck her UFC opponents by a quarter of a strike a minute, so 0.25 in the positive for her. She's even money, plus 100. Spider Girl, Oliveira, 13 to 6, seven knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice, one and two in the UFC. She's got a loss, win, loss over her UFC career. She went 0 1 on the contender series. She fought someone good, right? Like uh, Marina Hadhigas, is that right? Someone yes. did. Yeah, yeah, she fought Marina Hadhigas. Yes, yes, good for me. That's not aging so well now, is it? Yeah, it still is. Um, she's yeah, a regional that, champion. That still ages really well for a contender <laughs> series. Does. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh, Oliveira is a regional champ. Uh, inch of reach over Belbicha. She's been outstruck, but barely over her UFC and contender series fights. By she's, her strike differential is minus zero point zero eight strikes per minute, um, and she is at minus one hundred five. And we'll let the Gumby Man go first. I'm gonna go with Oliveira here. Uh, and I'll be honest when I, when this fight posted originally, I was leaning Belbicha. Because I was thinking, you know, Bill Beach has got kind of like a wrestling game that she occasionally uses. And, you know, I remember her kickboxing looking good. But then I went back and I watched the fights. And, and I've kind of looked at the level of competition, too. And it's it's not particularly good. Like the Liana Jojua fight, she did score a takedown, was armbarred within like six seconds of being on the ground. She like barely outstruck Hannah Goldie, who's not in the UFC anymore. She was badly outstruck by Gloria DePaula. And, and the biggest concern I have with all of that is... She, she's quite a bit slower than Maria Oliveira, and she leans way forward when she's throwing combinations. And Oliveira has got a very long jab. She's got a nice, like, straight down the middle that she uses down as, like, a counter. Um, she uses low kicks particularly well. And when somebody does come in for a takedown or, or is leaning way forward, she counters with a really nice knee, sometimes to the chin, sometimes to the body. Um, so like, I, I think ultimately, you know, both of these fighters are probably going to want this fight on the feet for the whole thing. And if they do, I, I think Oliveira is just going to pick her apart. I think she's longer. I think she's faster. I think all those things play into her favor. And if Belbicha does decide to shoot a takedown, like when Oliveira gets caught off guard with a takedown, she looks pretty bad defending it. Like she did in the first one against, uh, I think it was Vanessa Demopoulos. Like Vanessa Demopoulos' first takedown worked like a charm. Then she shot like a couple more in the second round and suddenly they just were not working. She was getting shut down really easily. 
Um, and Oliveira was just like picking her apart on the feet. Uh, Oliveira ultimately lost that decision, but like she fixed that one thing. So like, I'm not sure Belbicha has better wrestling than than Vanessa Demopoulos or better grappling than Vanessa Demopoulos, and I think she's got worse striking than Oliveira. So uh, I'll take the negative 105 on Oliveira here. As will I. Um, yeah, a more dangerous striker, and this is probably going to be a battle. And I, I just like what I've seen more out of her than I've seen out of, out of uh, Belbicha throughout their UFC career. So fading the Canadian right off the bat, Dan. That might be uh, that that might be a theme. Uh, I'm just no, gonna, we'll see. I'm gonna throw no, that out no, there. We'll see. I we'll might. See. I might fade some Canadians this week. <laughs> I, 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 I was gonna say I may as well, but I just did. So, I may, I may uh, do some more. There's six, quote unquote, Canadians on this card. So we shall see. There'll be plenty of time to fade Canadians if we choose to. All right. The other early prelim fight is a flyweight fight. No Canadians involved here. David Dvorak versus Steven Ursig. And like I said, this is a flyweight fight. Ursig. Astro Boy, 9-1, one knockout, six submissions, never been finished in a fight before. This is a short-notice UFC debut. He was scheduled for a fight, uh, what was that, a few weeks ago, last month? Yeah, a a couple of them last month. So while it is short-notice, I do think he's been in camp. Yeah, okay. Good to know. Uh, He's won eight straight fights. Uh, He's not lost since September of 2017. He's won his last two fights via submission. He's a regional champion, four inches taller, three years younger than Dvorak, plus 250. Dvorak, The Undertaker, 20 and 5, 8 knockouts, 8 submissions. He's been knocked out once, 3 and 2 in the UFC. Uh, however, he's lost two straight fights. He's not won since May of 2021. Was a regional champion, 2010 Pro MMA debut, minus 275. I'll take Dvorak, but I, I, I am wavering a bit, so obviously I do not like the minus 275 line on him. Um, just more well-rounded, more experienced fighter. Plus, short notice thing, whether or not he was in camp or not, um, he, he was short notice for this fight, and he's going up against a... Like the, the, a uh, extreme veteran, like he's uh, 25 fights and five of them in the UFC. Um, so, like I said, don't like the line. It's not going to show up in any of my fancy dancy plays, but give me Dvorak. I, I'm going to, I feel you wavering, and I'm going to just go the other way with you. I, I'm I knew gonna it. Go, yeah, I'm going to go with, er, it, it's just like, so to your point, like, yes, uh, Dvorak on paper looks a little bit better, right? What What did you say we were getting on a line for Ursig though? Plus 250, yeah. That, yeah that's, like, that's I, some value there. Yeah, there's tons of value on Steven Ursig. And I, I'll say this. like, First of all, the, the four inches of height is a huge piece for me. Um, and uh, he, he's a very... For anybody who has never seen Steven Ursig fight, he is a very slick grappler. Um, like, somebody shoots a takedown on him, he's, like, on their back in, like, half a second. And now, granted, he's fought worse competition than Dvorak, but Dvorak traditionally has not been very good in his grappling in his own right. Like sometimes he's good at holding people against the cage, but he's only landing like 28% of his takedowns. And the other thing I don't like about uh, Dvorak here, and, and actually I think gets him caught against somebody like Ursig, is he really just doesn't commit to being in like long exchanges. And when somebody looks like they want to be in them, he just keeps backing up. Um, he, he just backs up and backs up and backs up until then like, He's then in a position he doesn't want to be in, which is his back up against the cage. And not for anything, he's been knocked down in two fights in a row. Uh, two different fighters have knocked him down in a row and damn near finished him. And I don't know if you've seen any of Ursig. This dude is, despite being a good, uh, you know, mostly a, people think of him as a, a submission specialist. You mentioned the back-to-back subs and three out of his last four wins. He's low-key got really great power in his hands. 
Uh, he, he's got two wins over a guy named Paul Loga, who's a, a Australian regional guy. One of them, he, he got a mounted guillotine. The other one, he slept him in violent fashion. So he's got good power, and he's dealt with wrestlers before. Like, he, he beat Sung Guk Choi, who we saw on um, uh, Road to the UFC recently, who is a good grappler. So, like, he's gone out there and he's beaten grapplers before. He's got really good jiu-jitsu. He's got power in his hands. And, like, I'll just say this. Dvorak doesn't do anything that, like, scares me. Like, if Dvorak wins this fight, it's going to be by decision. So, hey, I'll take the plus 250 stab here on the uh, newcomer. Yep, Gummy with the big underdog. And speaking of, Underdog Fantasy, our friends, they're back sponsoring us. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, Best Ball Mania IV. That would be four, right? Yes, four is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. That's all, just $15 million. Plus, plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. I miss saying that, player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. Naturally, for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Not naturally. Don't add naturally to it. All right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, so that's early prelims. Let's move on to the proper prelims, which start at 8 p.m. ESPN and ESPN Plus. Featherweights, Kyle Nelson versus Blake. Builder, I will tell you about Kyle, the monster Nelson, hailing from beautiful cottage country in Huntsville, Ontario. He, but he trains with Balbicha down in, in Stony Creek. Nelson, 13, 5 and 1, five knockouts, four submissions, but knocked out twice, submitted once. One, four and one in the UFC. Oh, two and one over his last three fights. Has not won a fight since September of 2019. Used to fight up at lightweight, was a regional champion, 2012 Pro MMA debut, three inches of height, three inches of reach on a builder. He's been outstruck over his UC career by 2.04 strikes per minute, hence his losing record there, uh, plus 200. Blake L. Animal, builder, that is lame. We all know what his real nickname is, right, Dan? Buh. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like L. Animal, and I know uh, it's from... Yeah, well, it's from... He, he's got a... I believe he's a Puerto Rican coach. Uh, okay, right. Who, who, who called him the animal? Yeah, or no, L. Animal. We're going to call him The. The, the Blake Builder. Oh, you mean Blake Blake the Builder? No, the Blake Builder. His name's gonna be. I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I put it in the wrong spot. Anyhow, L Animal is eight zero and one. One knockout, four submissions. He's been one zero in the UFC, one zero in Contender Series. That's part of a six fight winning streak. He was a regional champ or is a regional champion. I'm sure he gets to keep his belt unless it's a really cheap promotion. Uh, used to fight up at lightweight as well. Striking stats in his favor, and he's more than two times more active landing strikes than Nelson is. 
2.3 to be exact uh, over his UFC and contender series career. He's outstruck his opponents in those two fights by a strike and a half a minute. He's at plus 1.53. And his number on the board, minus 240. Gumby. The Gumby Vreeland. Yeah, fade the Canadian again. Uh, yeah, I'm going to correct, yeah, correct I'm gonna go, this time. Yeah, I'm going to go with Blake Builder here. And, and uh, his number was lower earlier this week. Uh, it's kind of a bummer. It's it's inflated up to negative 240, but I still think there's value on it. The, the thing is, is that like, He's shorter than Kyle Nelson, which is, you know, worries me a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, is like his wrestling is so good. Um, you know, we saw it in the the Shane or uh, who did he beat? He beat Shane Young. He beat Shane Young. Um, and, and he just bulldozed him multiple times. He did it to Alex Morgan on the Contender Series too. He just like bulldozed those guys, worked them over on the ground. And if you look at Kyle Nelson's losses too, like. He loses to guys who can outgrapple him. He lost to Billy Quarantillo. He got submitted by Matt Salis. He got beat up by Diego Fajeda. Like, and all of those guys took him to the ground. Uh, and while they had him on the ground, they finished him. Uh, so, like, yeah, of course, I'm going to take the guys uh, who are, you know, and, and Builder's probably a little faster, too, despite being shorter. So I'll, I'll take Builder and all of his takedowns here to, to just steamroll Nelson. Yeah, I am taking oh the steamroller builder. That'll work too for the nickname. Uh, um, it goes right in with the Blake the Builder. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got you, I got you. <laughs> well, yes, um, yeah, I'm taking Builder as well. Um, it's it's a shame he's already 32. It kind of sucks. Like he he's he's a good prospect, but he's at featherweight. He's 32 already, so maybe he can fast track his way to the top. But yeah, he's he's looked like an L animal thus far. So obviously he's a pick. Nelson is. Struggled mightily in the UFC, so this could be his last gasp here. Um, all right, let's drop down weight class bantamweights. Another Canadian, Iman Zahavi versus Ari Kilang. I will tell you about Zahavi first. Faraz's kid brother. He's nine and two, five knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, three and two in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. He's not lost since May of 2019. 2012 pro MMA debut. He's got inch height on. Aori, uh, he's been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.37 strikes per minute. He's at plus 110. The Mongolian murderer, Aori Kilang, 24 and 9, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted twice, two and two in the UFC. He, uh, he has won two straight fights, though. He's fight up at featherweight and down at flyweight. Was a regional champion, inch reach as the hobby, six years younger than him, twice more active landing strikes, and he has better grappling stats. However, he's been outstruck over his UFC career by 1.11 strikes per minute. He's at minus 115. Um, give me Zahabi. Give me the dog muddy. Like, he's a really good fighter. The, another uh, problem with him, doesn't get enough fights, whether um, it's injury issues or or fighters not willing to fight him. Like, he, he's another guy who's he's getting up there in years. I think he's 32 already, and he's uh, a bantamweight, and he's only fought, like, 11 he's actually, a little bit. He's actually 35. Right, right, right. Yeah, even worse. Um, but he is explosive when he's in there. Um Ari gets hit too much, and that's not something you want to do with Zahabi. He, uh, he he's a very creative striker and, and dangerous. So give me the plus one here. I like it. Yeah, I'm going Zahabi too. Um, uh, I'm picking a Canadian. Uh, there you and, go. He's yeah. too nice not to pick, right? Yeah. Well, and also too, I will just say this: I, I really believe in his ability to counter people who are over aggressive. Like, I, I think he's probably only an underdog here because the Ricky Tercios fight looked really bad. Uh, and really what I think happened in that Ricky Tercios fight is both men went in believing the other one was going to pressure and they were going to counter. Uh, and it threw both of them off to the point where, like, neither person did very much. 
Iman obviously did much more than Ricky did, but neither of them did very much. Then, like, but if you, you go back to any of the fights where people pressure him, he's got great counters. He he deals with their pressure really well. He tires them out. Like, we saw him just absolutely flatline Draco Rodriguez. Um, if you go back to some of his earlier fights, back when he was on the regional scene, same thing. Just knocking people out who are over-aggressive. I mean, he was beating the hell out of Ricardo Hamosh. Like, I really just think Ayman Zahabi is underrated. Um, also, to speak about his uh, layoffs, he, he told me it was because he just didn't have particularly good management. He had, like, managers who didn't really press the issue. Um, and now he hired one of the more well-known managers in MMA. So uh, you might see a lot more Ayman Zahabi in the near future. That's true. I did hear that on the Top Trader MMA podcast last week. Make sure you listen to that every week. Gumby um, hosts that. Minus me. So that's a, probably a plus for most people listening. You can get Gumby minus the Fox. Even better. All right. <laughs> what are we moving to? Flyweights. Women's flyweights. Miranda Maverick. Jasmina Jasudovicius. Another Canadian. Jasudovicius is 8-2. and two, two knockouts. One submission. Never been finishing a fight. 2-1 and one in the UFC. Win-loss win is how things have gone for her. 1-0 the Contender Series. 4 inches taller than Maverick. 3 inches of reach on her. Uh, she has been outstruck over her UFC and Contender Series career by almost a strike a minute. She's at minus 0.93. And on the board, she's at plus 250. Miranda Maverick, she, her nickname could be The also. Don't you think? It's Fear The. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot to write that. But it also could be The. The Miranda Maverick. Uh, she's 11 and 4. <laughs> one knockout, six submissions. You didn't you didn't uh, go along with my jokes. I had to no, say I, Yeah, I was, I was waiting for Gumby you. has had enough of this. All right. <laughs> it's down to be all business. Like, we're on top turtle, okay? Uh, 11 and 4. One knockout, six submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Four and two in the UFC. She's won two straight fights. She went six and two in Invictus. All of her experience, despite her young age, has pretty much been at the top levels of the sport. Eight years younger than Jasuda Vicious. Striking, active striking, and grappling stats all in her favor uh, based on their UFC and, and contender series careers. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by 1.21 strikes per minute, and she's at minus 275. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Team Jong here. I'm taking Jasuda Vicious. It's a lot of things tell me not to. Uh, I do like Miranda Maverick. Um, she's way younger, much better striker, but I just think Jasuda Vicious is going to be able to bully her, which is a uh, surprise to say because Maverick is, is ripped, but Jasuda Vicious is way, way bigger than her and, and a very, uh, very solid grappler. So I think there's value in her at plus 250. I think she's going to be able to. Like I said, a bully Maverick win a grappling battle here and uh, win by decision if you want to get fancy with it. Yeah, I don't think so. I yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm on Maverick here. I, I don't think, look, the only person who has ever bullied Miranda Maverick really has been Aaron Blanchfield. Um, who that, Dan? Yeah, and like that that's a different level of, of bully. You know what I mean? And like, if you look at her other fights, it's not like she hasn't fought like real big strong women before like she she just fought shanna young shanna young is of was a very very large women's flyweight um you know she's like five foot seven or five foot eight or something like that with bigger reach and all miranda maverick did was just ragdoll her for 15 minutes any way she wanted to you know like she spent nine minutes on top of shanna young and don't get me wrong do I think uh, Jasmine Jesudavisius is better than Shanna Young? Definitely, I do. But, like, I, I, I don't think she's good enough to stay off of her back. You know, like, Kay Hansen was taking her down. Kay Hansen was having a lot of success on top. Um, you know, like, I, I don't think that, that 
Maverick is going to have trouble doing that. So I, I'm going to take Miranda Maverick here. I'm going to go back to fading Canadians after taking Zahabi. No, a perfectly reasonable, reasonable take here. And we were a team in Miranda Maverick on this podcast. We probably still are. I'm just fading her here for some reason. So, all right. We, you're trying we to get your team. Canadian card back. Don't, don't lie. Yeah, we all know you're yeah. trying to, you're trying to get that get Canadian called card out a lot. <laughs> I, now I'm getting told off uh, in the discard because Rogan can't come up here. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. Um, Middleweights, Nazarene Imabov versus Chris Curtis. That is our prelim main event. We were team Chris, Tur- Chris Curtis in this, uh, in this space as well, but we'll see if that continues here. All right. Uh, Chris Curtis, the action man. If you want to know where he got the nickname from, you have to go into the top turtle archives and you will find it there. Uh, he's 30 and 10, 17 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he's very durable. Four and two in the UFC loss, win loss is the way things have gone for him over his career as, as, for the last three fights, as I try to spit that out, used to fight at light heavyweight, used to fight at welterweight. Multiple region championships on his mantle. Correct. One and three in the PFL, one and oh in the contender series, 2009 pro MMA debut, two and oh as a pro boxer. Uh, more active landing strikes than Imavov is in the UFC. However, he has been outstruck by 0.63 strikes per minute, and he's at plus 130. The Russian sniper, Imavov, 12 and four, five knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted one time, only time he's been stopped. Four and two in the UFC, three and one over his last four. He did lose his last fight to Curtis's training partner, Sean Strickland. Used fight also, just like Curtis, used fight down at welterweight, up at light heavyweight. Was a regional champion, five inches taller than Curtis, eight years younger. Striking and grappling stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by half a strike a minute, 0.51 to be exact. He's at minus 150. And it's you. Uh, I'm I'm on Imavov here. Uh, I actually yeah. look back. Th- these are two fighters I've never picked against. Um, oh, yeah. In, in their UFC ah. careers. I've picked both of them in every single fight. I, I do really like Chris Curtis. I think he's got a, a, so much potential. I, I think there's a lot of great matchups for him at middleweight. I think there are even better matchups for him down at welterweight. I just think Imovov is a nightmare matchup for him. And, and for a lot of reasons, too. Like, Imovov is so much taller than him, right? Like, we are going to see a wild size discrepancy here when these guys walk out. Cause Imovov is like a Sean Strickland sized middleweight. Um, when those two walked in there, they were roughly the same size and Curtis looks more like a welterweight. He, he's a stockier guy. And when you compare how they punch and how they throw too, I think it gets even worse because Imovov sometimes uses those like karate jump ins. He puts together good combinations. He's really light on his feet. He fights long, Whereas Chris Curtis, when he throws the jab, it's very short. Sometimes he doubles it up, but he doesn't throw something behind it all that often. Um, a lot of times when people blitz him, he back up, backs up and covers. You know, his favorite punches are hooks in tight. I don't know that he'll ever be close enough to Imovov to throw those hooks. And, and really, like, you know, the reason his teammate beat Imovov is because his teammate fights more like Imovov, right? Like, Strickland fights long. Strickland throws a jab. Strickland doesn't try to knock your head off with big shots. And like that meant Imovov fought like a good mirror of himself. And I think here, like while Curtis might have practice against that style, like I, I don't know that he has the skills in the, the style to beat it. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Imovov here at negative 150. Yeah, I I originally had penciled in my name under Curtis. Well, you can't pencil on an Excel spreadsheet, but well, we'll we'll say I did, but it, I've changed it. Uh, Imovov has to be the pick here. Um, 
Wade is, like you said, way bigger. He's just going to be picking Curtis off from distance. It's how I expect this one to go. Um, yeah, Curtis is just, uh, the, the size is going to be an issue at, at middleweight. Um, and I, I think we've seen him hit his ceiling, and I think Imavov is, is above uh, above that level uh, at this point. And plus, he's way, way younger, eight years. Uh, that's a big a big age gap. So give me Imavov to snipe the action man here. So, all right, recap our picks before we're out of your ear holes for a few hours at least. Imavov, we're both in on. I took a swing on Jesu Davicius. Gumby has probably a safer pick, or definitely a safer pick, maybe a wiser pick in Maverick. Uh, we both have Zahabi. We both have a builder. I have Dvorak. He has Ursig. That's his big swing. And we both have Oliveira. Did I get that right? Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds great. All right. We'll be gone, but not for long. Hang on Just one second. Uh, one yeah. second. Yeah. Let, before we, before we, uh, oh, yes. we start doing yeah, all the sign-offs. Too. Pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so for our, the end of our episode here, I want to give you my edge boost double down play of the day. My edge boost double down play of the day is going to be a pick that doesn't come until July, which is one of the best ways that you can use edge boost to make sure that you, you know, extend your bankroll a little bit without tying up funds that you do need. So I'm going to tell you to go get in on that line on Jalen Turner. He's fighting Dan Hooker way down the road in July. That line right now is only negative 200. I think his length is just going to absolutely decimate Dan Hooker and his grappling definitely will. So my edge boost double down play of the day is Jalen Turner, negative 200. Edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. Once again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Beautiful. Gumby saved the day and, and reminded us. And he's giving you a play way in the future so you can uh... – you can get all set up and edge boost in time and, and get your funds sorted out there. All right. Uh, we will we'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, we will be in the discord. We're always in the discord, uh, sports gummy podcast.com slash discord Twitter. If that's your jam, SGPN MMA gummy runs that account. He's at gummy Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox writer Instagram. I have been putting up my MMA works and links on my account. There is Jeff underscore Fox underscore writer. And we told you about top turtle. Gumby has top turtle in your ear holes. Every week it dropped already, and I haven't listened to it yet, so that's why your picks oh. are coming as a surprise to me. Yeah, haven't had a chance yet. And you want to tell the people who's on it because I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah, I uh, talked to Blake Builder and Adam Fugit for this uh, fight card. There you go. Um, so make sure you stick that in your hurls and everything. Oh, if you want to enter my pick'em contest and read all my MMA writing, I've started writing about the Canadians and MMA. So if you're a Canadian and you want to read more of that stuff, you can hit. It up at moneymma.substack.com. I write about obviously MMA as a whole, but I am going to do some featured columns on Canadians as I did today. Um, and you can enter the pickup contest I'm running for this weekend. And everything good in the world is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So we will be back tomorrow to break down the main card and give you our fancy fancy picks. Uh, that podcast will be hosted by me, the Warrior Princess, Jeff Fox, as well as the Daniel Gumby Vreeland. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.